The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash BBC Essex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, we'll be answering your gardening questions on all things from rhubarb, Chilean potato bush and poinsettias. It's not Christmas, it's nearly summer and we're talking poinsettias. Anyway, we'll also be bringing you some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, as well as Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's start then this week's Plant of the Week, which is I'm going to do something as simple as roses. Now, why am I doing roses? Well, it's got to be the plant for England. The plant, got to be. Everybody's had roses in their garden, whether it be hybrid teas, floribundas, English roses, shrub roses, patio roses, climbers, standards. They're all roses. Now, roses are something that will tolerate most soils. And if you've been watching Chelsea, there's been some fantastic roses, absolutely gorgeous. So I would suggest that if you get down to your garden centre and retail nurseries at the moment, you can see some fantastic roses. They really are looking absolutely superb. They have a few problems. Yes, they get black spot and they often get rust. Worth looking out for if they're prone to it, Watch for it very early on in the season and use something like um, Rose Clear or a similar sort of spray to keep them clean. Now, that will not get rid of the black spot or rust that you've got on it. Uh, Just pick those worst leaves off. But it will actually, all the new growth will come new and clean. The most important thing with roses is they've been pruned, they're growing, they're flowering. Deadhead as soon as they've finished flowering. Deadhead them, cut them down to about two to three leaf axles as you go down the down the stem. And then come the end of June-ish, or middle of June, as they finish flowering, give them a blooming good feed. Use a proprietary rose food because it makes so much difference. It's got all the added ingredients that they need and you will get a second flush on pretty well all the roses. Maybe not all the ramblers, but you will get it on climbers and all the bush roses. So they are, give them a damn good feed and a good water. They do like to have a mulch. If you've got the ability of mulching them, always do that in the spring when you've run them through the winter period, they've got the moisture in the ground, put a mulch of composted bark, something like that, over the top, hold the moisture around the roses and you'll get much better results. They are roses. I know that's general, but I tell you what, everybody has got a rose that maybe his names mean something to you, the colour means something to you, and it's something that you can plant in your garden, in a container, in a patio pot, up a wall, up the front of the house, over a rose arch, and think of them as a memory of somebody that you loved. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. 
Still to come on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I will be bringing you some tips on things you can be doing in the garden this week. But now let's hear what you've called us about. And we start with Steve from Leon C. Hello, Steve. Morning, Ken. What's um, up? Potatoes. Yes? Uh, I'm a learner, as you know. Um, I bought my potato seed from the nursery, and the old chap there gave me some good advice. He said, when the flower appears, take it off because you don't want them looking nice, you want the power going down to the potato. <laughs> I've always thought that you left the flower on, and when it died, I was ready for lifting. Well, there's lots of... It's, um, it's a debatable thing. A lot of people <laughs> say exactly what you've been told, that the flower... You see, right, the principle of flower, if you think everything that we grow, the flower is the thing that he's trying to reproduce, yeah? Yeah. Whether it be a tomato, a potato, it doesn't matter. That's what he's trying to do. So your flower is taking energy from the plant. Now, the thing with a potato is the potato is a tuber that's growing off the root. So, in fact, you want all the energy to be in that root and yeah. not in producing flowers. And that's why a lot of people would say you take the flowers off. Obviously, a farmer does not take his flowers off, off his potato crops. If they flower, they flower. Right. Some flower early. It will depend on how you're treating your potatoes, whether they're moist enough, whether they're still growing enough. Lots of things will affect it. But really, to get a mature potato, you haven't got to worry whether it is flowering or not flowering. But personally... If you've only got a, huge, a small area, take the flowers off and it will help produce more tubers. Right, OK. Um, now, my first earlies are about 15 inches high. Yep. The second earlies are even higher than that, and I planted them a month later. Have you pushed, have you pushed soil up round them at all? Yes, yes you told me that a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. <laughs> That's really important, um, you know, to push it up. Um, they will flop over. Don't worry about them flopping over at all. Um, that's fine. That's right. not a problem. Yep. When, can I, when can I lift my first earlies? <laughs> well, what I do is I lift one and okay. just feel around what the potatoes are like and then go from there. Right, I'm with you. And if they're good enough, they're size that you want, go for it. Right. OK, mate. <laughs> OK. Thanks very much. That's a pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. That's Steve from Leon C. And now we talk to Angela in Tolsby. Hello, Angela. Hello. Good morning, Ken. What you got um, for us? It's about tulips. Um, do you deadhead them the same as daffodils? And what about the petals falling on the ground? I was told you shouldn't let them. I don't know anything about petals falling on the ground have no effect there are unless they're oh. diseased you wouldn't worry at all in theory okay. you do deadhead them you would deadhead yeah in theory i broke my wrist and i'm finding everything hard well don't bother then it won't have a dramatic effect the reason okay. the reason Thank with so the reason with all bulbs angela is that you deadhead them because then the nutrient goes back into the bulb i do understand that yeah Thank you very much. Ken. That's okay. That's Angela from Tolsbury, and we go now. Don't forget, they're calling us on 0800 111 John from Stanway. Hello, John. Good morning. What can we do for you, John? Uh, avocado. Yeah. Tastes I've... nice, don't they? Tastes nice. Absolutely. Nice, 
nice with a bit of bacon. Nice with a bit of bacon in a sandwich. Have you had that? No, I've not tried that that way. But very I, nice. I like them anyway. But uh, <laughs> I've been trying to grow the uh, thing with uh, pips for my granddaughters, but I can't seem to get them going. What? What? How have you been doing them over water? Yep. Stab them with a couple of cocktail sticks or three over a drop of water, not having the water touching the <laughs> That's right, because they've got to draw down to the water. You're dead right. Um, but they've been there a month, nothing. Mm, should have done, John. I mean, I don't really understand why they haven't at all. It's very peculiar. Um, I would also try some then in moist compost if you're not lucky with that. That's oh, what I'll I would do. That. Uh, you know, yeah. That's what I want to try and do, just to... For the hell of it, I've never been able to do it. And I thought, now we've got the granddaughter. Yeah. They're really, they're really good fun, John. I mean, I think for children to play with, they're really, you know, they're a lovely plant. They're, they're a nice-looking indoor plant as well. They can look pretty good. You know, they give a nice foliage. The one thing about an avocado that does cause a little bit of problem is that they're inclined to just grow straight up. And if they grow straight up... Uh, they don't branch as well. What you need to do is just pinch out the centre and pinch out the centre when it gets to about four or five inches and you'll try and encourage side growth and you yeah. get a much better looking plant. But if anybody else is listening who has got a tip for John in Stanway and his avocados, give us a call. It's 0800 111 and you might have a tip that made an avocado spurt forth for you. How about that, John? Well, don't worry. You can always listen to the podcast later. It's available. You just go to the front end of the website and go on to podcast. There. How Come about on. that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, John. So there are. Give it a go. Put it in compost and see if you can get it to go. Steve in Basildon. What are you Hi. talking about today? Hi, Ken. I'm talking about poinsettias. Now, come on, it's not Christmas, Steve. It's not Christmas. I bought a poinsettia at Christmas time. Yeah. And I put it on the side, and it all looked very well. And the red leaves have started dying off. Yeah. Now, I've got a few red leaves still still dying off, but it's all throwing off new shoots. Right. On well, the bottom, the, of the bottom of the stalks. Should it, I chop the top parts off? Right, now, normally what we suggest, and uh, in fact nobody rang in in May, I don't think, but normally May time, what you would do with the poinsettia is you would think of repotting it. And what you then do is you cut it back, just as you're suggesting, you can cut it back to about four inches high. Do watch, because remember that the sap that comes out of that uh, plant can be an irritant. And it can just, if you've got a very delicate skin, especially children, it can burn a little. So be careful of what you do with, with the sap and then repot it. And I bet you've got shoots below six inches, haven't you? Uh, no, they are about, well, yeah, I've got one about four inches. Yeah, there you go. And the rest of the branches will branch and produce, produce new shoots. And therefore, you'll get a nice bushy plant that will work for you for next year. How about so that? It's all right to, ch to chop the red off. Yep. That's already there. Yep. But okay. repot re it in a good compost as well. That is so important. Okay, lovely. Because I've oh. never grown one before and this has just taken off. Oh, have a go. It's got to be something that's uh, good fun to grow, to try and grow. I mean, I would, at Christmas, I'm always telling people to throw them away. Uh, because, you know, it's good for the industry, isn't it? We grow many of them yeah, yeah. in the UK. but And they are like in a way that's like a vase of flowers. 
But if you've got the time and you want to have a go, have a go and get a get it growing for next year. All right, Steve. Thank you very much, Ken. Okay, that's a pleasure. Give us a call now on 0800 111 We've got a line free. And you can text me here in the studio on 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. So that's 81333. You could be absolutely anywhere. You can just text me, yeah? You're sitting in the car park waiting for the other half to... Uh, come out with the shopping. Just give us a quick text and we will answer your gardening question. I'm just going to go to Richard from Romford and then, of course, we will go to the travel because that's all important travel today. Richard, what do you got for oh, us today? Good morning, Ken. Hi. Um, I've got a, an issue. I've got an um, eight-foot fence at the back of my garden. The next-door neighbour has got ivy and has forced me fence out. Oh dear! All, that, all, all I want to do, would I be in any wrong spraying a bit round up? Well, the trouble is, is it his ivy? That's his ivy, yes. Well, the the argument is that you can't kill someone else's plants. That's the problem. Yeah, but that's killing my fence. It's a debate. Well, the trouble is, I'm not going to give you advice that then upsets your neighbour, am I? I mean, come on, I'm sitting sitting here on the road. Right, I'll tell you what, we'll do it another way. Here's here's how I'm going to describe it. We work for a gentleman near near Chelmsford, yeah? Yeah. He has got ivy all over his wall, and it's it's a very old wall, it's a mortar-based wall, and he wants to get rid of his ivy. This is true, what we will be doing. So yeah. what we do is we cut it back with a hedge trimmer. I now, see, we yeah. cut it back with a hedge trimmer now, right now, yeah. and then it will produce new growth. Now, the yeah. new growth will be soft tissue and will not have produced a waxy leaf. We will then yeah. cover the ground underneath, because he's got herbaceous plants underneath, with a, with yeah. a sheet of polythene, and we will use Roundup on it, and we will spray the wall with Roundup. Being very careful, because although it is a very safe chemical, you don't want to get it on your face and your eyes, so do be very no, careful no. if you're going up and wear goggles, of course. Um, be very careful, but that is how we would treat it. So I've told yeah. you how you treat it, but I'm not suggesting that you do it to your neighbour's ivy because it is his ivy. You will be better to go round and try and sort him out and chat to him. Well, and then well, he, the thing is he might agree that you can go next door into his garden and control it from his side. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, and that's what I would try. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I've got some tips on things you could be getting on within the garden this week. Yes, Chelsea has now been over, and yes, the FA Cup, which is what my dad always said, you can plant your bedding straight after the FA Cup. So get out there and start planting bedding plants. Now, my general rule is that bedding plants, if you use a trowel, the length of the blade of the trowel, an average trowel, is the distance between most of the bedding plants. And if you do that, you'll get a really good show. Don't spread them around. Do them in clumps if you've got a mixed border. Put them in groups, and that way you get a much better display. So they are. That's my first tip. 
hanging basket's the same. It's safe possibly to put them out now. But remember that a hanging basket needs regular feeding, regular watering and being looked after. So they are hanging baskets is my follow-up one. Anyway, more tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. I promised to talk to Richard again. Hello, Richard. Hello, Ken. What, yeah. was, what was your other question, Richard? Um, I've got a holly tree. It must be, I don't know, 40-year-old. Yes. And uh, it's full of ivy. And, right. And uh, I could see the root coming up from the ground to the okay. trunk of the um, holly tree. Yep. Um, if I cut that off to kill the ivy, will the holly come back to the tree? Right, okay. Uh, funny enough, it's another job that we did in, in Loughton a couple of weeks ago where, where a tree had been engrossed with, the, with ivy. What we do is we cut round, carefully round, with a saw. And we yeah. saw through the ivy, but then you go six inches up and you cut again the, see, through yeah. the ivy stems. So you've actually made a positive gap between the two. Yeah. Then yeah. you can use... Um, you could... Drill into the. It depends on the size of the stems. But if they're heavy stems, you could drill yeah, they into are them. Heavy stems, yeah. Cut, drill into them, or make a hole in them, and you can put Roundup down into the stems, or even SBK. Now, both of those will not affect the ground, and they will not affect the tree as long as you do not touch any of the green parts of the plant that you're doing it round. I say, yeah. But this one is really took over from the ivy. Is yeah. Um, when you look into the middle of the tree, there seemed to be bare inside the tree, but all this ivy and with the flowers yeah. on yeah. all and over then, the tree. Well, then it will die and you can just pull it out, OK? Yeah, OK, and Ken, thanks very much. Let's go to Judy from Colchester. Hello, Judy. Hi, Ken. What's up, then? Right, I have a camellia. Lovely. Which is... Um, it was put in the wrong place to start off with. I might say I didn't put it there. Um, and I need, over the next year, to <clears throat> do some work in the garden. Yeah. And I'd like, if I could, to see if I can move it. Mm-hmm. But A, um, is that going to be doable? Because it's a gorgeous, big, double pink one. And the flowers are bigger than my palm of my hand. Gorgeous. So, Gorgeous. I really, really want to do everything I can to try and move it and save it. Right. The question is, how old is it? How it, many years has it been there? It's probably been in for about 12, mm. 13 years. Right. So that means there is a risk attached. I can't pretend there is not a risk attached when you've got a 12-year-old tree yeah. um, because you've, it's established, it's got a lot of root around it, and it needs yeah. a lot of help. You're actually spot on, well, you're nearly spot on. May is when you would move a camellia as soon as it finished flowering. You can do right. it then, or you can do it in the autumn. They're the two times. But really, now is a good time as long as you can nurture it and look after it. You would need to dig round it a long way out from that plant. You'd yeah. need to come out at least a couple of feet all the way round. You'd need to dig well down a trench all the way round and then go right underneath it. You then need a couple of very strong people to lift it out because it's got a big root ball. Yeah. And you've, you've got to 
I'd drag it onto a, a sheet of some sort, polythene, anything like that, or a sack, and then see your prepared hole is ready for it. Yeah. Now, don't just dump a ericaceous compost into the bottom of the hole. Put, get some ericaceous compost, but dig it into the bottom of the hole so that um, you know it's worked into the soil that you're put where you're placing your plant back. It right. has a if it's too heavy. How high? Well, I do trim it up because it is in such a silly place. Yeah. So, so is it four foot, five foot? Um, well, actually, I've just chopped a couple of foot off the top of it. So how high? So it's probably about five foot at the moment. Five foot, right. This is my suggestion as well, is that you drive a stake at 45 degrees through the plant, yep. Yep, into the ground outside of the hole that you've dug, yep. and then secure it. Old stocking, something like that, and that will hold it together because the more it rocks, the more difficult it will be for the roots to get to go. Yes, right. Uh, and then water it on a regular basis. You really will have to through the summer period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might not actually, I, I might not even do it this autumn. It might even be next year. But I Same principle. To, yeah, I just wanted to find out because I would love to save it yep. if I could. Get it done as soon as you can because a young plant moves better than an old plant. And that is what we were talking about there. And we're staying on camellias with Jenny from Great Duxted, aren't we, Jenny? Yes, morning, Ted. Um, yes, a similar problem, really. I've got a camellia, which must be 10 years old, if not more. It's planted in a pot, which is half a barrel. Oh, right, yeah. Um, it's on a west-facing wall and everything. Lovely. The leaves are really glossy, had loads and loads of buds come on it, but the buds have never come out, and now they're all falling off. Right. I think there's two things that could have been. <clears throat> The main one is usually that it dried out through July to September. Right. Did you go away July to September last year at all? Well, you, about June time, actually. It could be then, because if it dries out at that period, the, 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 the piece of stem that is feeding that bud won't develop properly. Right. Now that's that's the first thing that can happen with all rhododendrons, camellias, all those winter, all those early spring flowering plants. So that's the first problem. The second one can be that it could be a bug. Now what you do then is you, you take a couple of buds and you cut them through with a knife and you look for any insect that might be in there. Right. So that's worth checking. I yeah. think it could be that it's dried. It's in a half barrel. It's going to need lots of moisture. And that's yeah. a long period that you've got to keep it moist. Yeah, I did have a look at it this morning, and I noticed a couple of the leaves yep. have gone sort of reddish. Um, the main plant is lovely glossy green, mm. but one or two leaves are now going a funny sort of reddy colour. And how long has it been in the half barrel? Oh, probably, I think we've only moved it once, so within the... Long time. Yeah. yeah, a long time. It might be just le needing a bit of a boost. Do you ever take the compost off the top and recompost it? Oh, no, I haven't, actually. Right, no. that's another thing to do. Scrape yeah. as much compost off as you can down to the root, a couple of inches, and then recompost the top. That really right. helps. And do you feed it? Yeah, we feed it with ericaceous good, good. stuff and rainwater. But Excellent. The compost, does it need to be ericaceous compost? Preferably, yeah. Preferably, yeah. Definitely. Not, not bother mixing it with anything other. No, 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 no. Just that. ericaceous. And you can buy John Innes ericaceous, which works a bit better than, than the, um, you know, the multi-compost. Yeah. Okay. Give it oh, a try no, and see how you go. And if you get a bit more worried, you know, I think you're doing it right, but um, okay. it just needs a I bit of nurturing. Whether it needed uh, replacing, you know, having a new barrel. 
it's a hell of a job if, to change it. Yeah, it will be. And all you can do is go up one size and you're not going to most likely be able to achieve that very easily, no, are you? not really, no. If you can, yes, but if you can't, no. OK? Just put some more compost in. Have a go. See whether it helps and let us know because we like to know. We go to Chol- Colchester now to talk to Iris about her rhubarb. Hello there, Ken. Hi, Iris. Um, we've got a rhubarb plant at the bottom of the garden and something has been eating its leaves, and I don't know what it is. I turned them over to have a look. There's no signs of anything. There's no um, grease, no oil, no uh, no slime, nothing to say anything's been there. But even when a new leaf comes out, a new branch comes out, it's eating those leaves as well, so I don't know what it could be. Sounds more like a caterpillar. There's a lot of caterpillar around. It's been a good year for caterpillar. Um <laughs> Good year for slugs as well, actually, but um, I would suggest, unless it's taking dramatic amount of the leaf away, it's not something I would get very worked up about. The other thing that you'll see is if it's a young leaf and a young stem, it will be... Yes, they are. Right. Do they actually attack the stem as it emerges out the crown? Doesn't it's, seem to be. Just, just seems to be the... It sounds like caterpillar then, because a slug, and snails sometimes eat away at that that young flesh down at the base. Right. So it sounds like caterpillar to me. Uh, There's not much you can spray. I honestly, unless it is taking away the whole leaf, I wouldn't worry unduly. Thank you very much. Can you also tell me when would we be able to eat the stems? Right. Are they, is it a new plant or an old plant? It's a new plant. How long has it been in? Uh, About a couple of years, I'd say. couple of years. I would think you can use some of the stems. I know they tell you not to, but as long as you don't decimate it, take all the stems away, you're fine. Okay, thank you very much okay. indeed. So just Thanks pull a few help. and enjoy it. Rhubarb and custard. That's what I like, rhubarb and custard, or a nice rhubarb crumble. I had one of those the other night as well. Nice rhubarb crumble. Yeah, can't go bad with that as either. Uh, Rosemary from Leon C. Hello, oh, Rosemary. Uh, Apple trees, uh, yes? Yeah. Hello, Ken. Hi. Um, yeah, um, I've got an apple tree. What it was, I had it bought Christmas, and it's supposed to have five varieties on it. Yeah. For going apart on the patio. And I did that. I put it in sort of early in the year. And it's come on lovely. I've got apple, little apples on it. But now the leaves have got brown spots on them. So I don't know what to do. I don't know whether right. to spray it, whether I'll damage the apples or what. Right. Brown spots can be a number of things. It could be just that the the weather is affecting it, you know, the dry, the cold, the nights. Are yeah. the brown spots all across the leaf or are they just on the edges? Where are they? They're all over the leaves, yeah. Well, the leaves look quite dry. It sounds like weather rather than something else. You see, it could be there's um, some rots that, produce brown spots but i don't think that's what you've got there's no markings on the um on the um on the fruit at all is the fruit nice and clean no the fruit looks okay yeah right i think it i think it's just now is it in a big enough pot it's a small dwarfed apple tree what's it in what size pot it's about 18 to 20 inches wide across that should be big enough for now if it's yeah. a newish tree. Uh, yeah, wa- it's not a great big one. Watch it and keep it watered. Um, obviously, 
at this time of year, see that it does not dry out and see that it gets plenty oh. of food. Give it a bit of food every other week as well. Any good you know, maxi crop, seaweed-based food will help it. OK? A special fruit food or any flower food as well. Yep, you can use that as well. Use a, a good tomato food. We'll give give flour, oh, which helps fruit. Food, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that'll yeah. work. And you don't think I've overwatered it, do you? It doesn't sound like overwatering. You will get yellowing if you overwater. Oh right, right. And okay, you... I'll try that then. Thanks, Dean. Okay. That's a Thank pleasure. You very much. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I have got some more tips for you. Now let's talk lawns. Lawns need feeding. If you haven't fed it already, it's a good time to feed it. Now watch the weather. If it goes very dry, I would warn you against using a granular feed. But at the moment we've had a bit of showers, so it's a great time. You watch for when a shower's going to come. Put your granular on, you can use just feed, feed and weed, feed weed and moss, all of those. Put them on carefully, watch you don't double dose because you'll burn the lawn. And if you don't get any rain, give it a blooming good water because if not, it won't work. Now, the other thing is, if we have a dry spell, the best thing to use is a liquid. Use a liquid feed and that works really well indeed. Coming, staying for my second tip is that lots of you have suffered through the winter and they've got lots of bald patches. I mean on the lawn, not on your head. Now, if you've got a bald patch, um, if it's a small one, you can buy little kits of the whole thing. You just scratch it out with one of those spring rakes and then put a bit of this, sprinkle it on, and there it works. If you've got larger areas that have got bald or you've got rid of loads of moss, I would suggest you buy a good quality grass seed rake it across with that spring rake so you just disturb the soil underneath and they just throw the seed onto the surface. I don't cover it. I just throw it in, let the birds pick at it a little bit, but that won't hurt. Let the birds pick at it and then we do the rest. It will grow. Try not to water it. Try and rely on the weather, but if the weather isn't kind enough to you, <laughs> you will have to water it. But once you start watering it, water on a regular basis. Keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come. Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. Veronica in Bournemouth. Hello, Veronica. Oh, hello, Ken. I wonder how drastically you can cut back a rhododendron. Right. I've is got it... one in the garden that's about four, four foot six high, Right. And about three feet wide, okay. I want to cut it back. Right. Is it a hybrid type rhododendron? It's not a, one of the wild ones with the purple leaves, uh, purple flowers, is it? No, it's white with a pink tinge. Right. OK. Um, well, rhododendrons will take quite a bashing, but you don't want to cut them right back to the, the bottom stem. So what I would do with that is it when it... Has it finished flowering or is it still... Yeah. It's at, yeah, good time to do it. As it finishes flowering, you can dramatically cut those branches back and they will sprout again. Okay. The So you can be harsh. If you want to cut, what, a third of it off, something like that? Oh, yes, uh, yeah. Cut a third off, no problem at all. See that you give it a good feed and keep it going. Yeah? Oh, right, OK. That's important. 
All right. Okay, thank you. Can I ask you one other question? Yeah, go for it, Veronica. Yep. Somebody gave me an amaryllis at Christmas and it had seven flowers on it. Fantastic. And I've had it in the conservatory and I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with it because there were no instructions on the box. Okay, so so it's finished flowering. Has it produced seed heads? No. So are the the flower stems still there or have you cut them off? Um. One is, but it's gone rather brown. Right, OK. Cut those off mm. and keep keep watering it for a bit because the leaf is producing the energy that goes back into the bulb, which will help it flower next year. And then right. slowly those leaves will discolour. Now, wh- as they discolour, then you can give it a, a bit of a summer holiday and put it outside, give it a bit of a drink every now and then, but don't be too fussy, and you can let it dry off. And then you start it up again at the end of the summer. How about that? Thank you very much. That's a a pleasure. That's Veronica in Bulma. And we go back to down to Kent to talk to Bill. Hello, Bill. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for taking my call, mate. That's all right. Uh, Yeah, what it is, Ken, I've got a Daphne Eldora. Yep. I bought it last year. Mm -hmm. When I bought it, it was about 10, 10, 12 inches tall. Uh, I got it home, repotted it, put it in the pot, everything was fine, and it's put on a spurt of growth, it's about 22 inches now. Yep. But all the, my yellow, is the bottom of the plant, the, the leaves are turning yellow and dropping right. off. Top ones are okay, but I don't know whether, because I left it, I was away during the winter when we had that bad winter, bad weather, and I don't know whether that, that's affected it. No, uh, a Daphne is fairly hardy. Um, you don't have to worry too too much about an Adora. Um, I'm a bit worried that if you say it's yellowing a bit, it's normally yeah. through overwatering. Now, do you think you're giving it too much water if it's in a container? Could that be so? Not really, Ken. No, no. Well, I've been watering it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I know. But uh, and we have had plenty of rain down here. Yeah, but but rain doesn't always get into pots. So see no. that. Put your fingers in the pot. See that it's yeah. moist. I don't mean wet. I mean no, I moist. Mean, yeah. Then let it dry out before you water it again. I right. would just give it an um, Daphne Adora. Give it an ericaceous feed or yeah. maxi crop, one of those type of feeds, and that will actually help it along. Yeah. Right. I don't okay. think you've got anything dramatic to worry about because all your new shoots are green. Definitely, and I just felt it just now, and it is a little bit damp, but nothing to write home about. No, that's fine. I will do that. I'll give it a feed now. Okay, then, Bill. Thank you very much for your call. Thanks, Ben. Bye, mate. Bye. That's Bill over in Kent. Go down to Coggershaw now. We're talking tomatoes, aren't we? Aren't we, Pat? Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a load of tomatoes which I've grown from seed in the greenhouse, and they don't seem to be growing. They're only about an inch tall. Well, I wonder whether you're expecting a bit too much, actually. Um, Perhaps I'm being a bit unkind, but um, you think how cold the nights have been, and that is what you have to think about. You know, we've had cool nights. So, in fact, um, is it a heated greenhouse or a cold greenhouse? Uh, No, well, it's a cold one, yeah. Yeah, I think that's your problem. You've got cool nights, and it's just there's not enough over you know, heat to go through the night to hold the compost and everything warm. I mean, I, I have would... got a heater that I can put in there if, if necessary. Well, yeah, I'm, now we're getting into warmer times. I mean, the nights have been pretty chilly of late. They yeah. really have. Yeah, so I, I did th- put one in when it was really cold. Yeah, I think that's your problem. It's just not warm enough to get it growing. I think we've had such a bad start to this spring, we're going to be a bit behind on people growing things like tomatoes in their greenhouses. So, that's all... so they're worth keeping? 
Oh, Callum. yes. Don't oh, right. throw them away. I didn't know away. whether to chuck them all away. No, no. Keep going. They'll, and Can you'll I be... feed them with anything now or, or No, a bit, bit too early. You've got to yes, wait, till you, get your, yeah. wait till you get your first truss and then you can start feeding. And I look forward to a big basket of tomatoes because I'm sure they will come to something. 0800 111 That's the number to call. And give us a call here at BBC Essex and we will talk gardening. Uh, let's go back to... Ray from Sybil Headingham, isn't it, Ray? Uh, good morning, Ken. Yeah, what we got? Uh, well, uh, we bought, I bought a couple of standard fuchsias re- oh, yeah. very recently. Yeah. And um, one of them has got another sort of a whip coming from the base, just yep. above soil level. Yep. And I'd like, if it's possible, to know um, the best way to propagate that, to take it off and you know, carry it on, because it's, it's about two foot long. Right. Uh, take it back to, I mean, it might be a bit early to do it, but you can try it. You can All cut right. it back to about four inches, yeah? And, and the then... Is... No, I don't mean cut cut four inches off the top, yeah? Oh, well, so, so you're taking Sorry. the... Taking the flowers off that's on there. Yeah, take right four inches height. This is why you normally use wood that is more mature than what you've than the type you've got. But right. about a four inch cutting you're taking. You remove yeah. all the flowers and all the flower buds. Right. Remove the bottom leaves, couple yeah. of leaves, yeah, and yeah. then use use a, a, a rooting powder or hormone. One of the one of the yeah, rooting I've got things. The gel. You got the gel, that's fine, and then yeah. put it in compost, put a polythene bag over it, and put it on the windowsill, and you might be lucky. But remove the rest of that growth because if not, you won't get the full potential of the top of the plant. Right. Because you're taking nutrient from the bottom, whereas yeah. you want it to go to the top. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make All sense, right? Mike? So I have to cut that back. Yes. Okay, yep. I've All got right. that. Give it a go. Let us know how you get on, because it's always nice to hear success or failures. You can tell me I was wrong if it didn't work, eh? (laughs) All right. I'll let you know anyway, mate. Thanks very much indeed. Don't forget that number to call is 0800 111 and the text is 81333. I've got some emails to do as well. So we've got plenty here going on at BBC Essex, but we have a line free for you on the phone at this very moment. Um, let's now go and talk to Colin in Thaxted. Hello, Colin. Hello, Ken. I've got, well, I don't know, I'm not sure it's a caterpillar or a thing, but it's on a maple tree. And right. I stopped it from flowering. And this little thing's about just over a centimetre long, but it's got tiny little black legs, and it's got an orange stripe down each side of it. And it's now fallen onto my clematises, and it's killing them as well. So what is it doing? Is it chewing? I mean, can you see that it's chewed the plants? There's little, hole, there's little holes in the branch, but all the leaves are dying where they look like a spin. And it stopped see, it from flowering. See, yeah, that means they're chewing at the, 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 the flower buds. That's what I would think it's doing. Um, <clears throat> it's not, it's, it's not, is it bigger than a ladybird? It's not a, it's not a young ladybird, is it? No, it's slightly bigger than a ladybird. It's, it's about a centimetre long. Stripes down the side. See, what I'm worried about is that I know there's these foreign ladybirds. I'm just wondering if it's one of those. Um, um, A centimetre long. It's got no shell or nothing on it. It looks like a caterpillar. Looks more like a caterpillar. And is it narrow like a a caterpillar? Very narrow, yes. Right, I would get then. I would. Aces, you've got to be a bit more. Is it an ace of tree or an ace of bush? 
it's a it's a, a field maple. Field maple, right. If it's a field maple and or the clematis, you should be able to use a contact uh, spray for caterpillar, and I would definitely yeah. use one of those. Yeah. Right. Yep. Give, give it a go. Bad. It's a good year for caterpillars, and it's a good year for slugs and snails. I can tell you, I have oh, I found <laughs> loads of them already. Yeah. Yes, I know that. Okay. Lovely. Thanks very Thank much indeed. Okay. We move from Colin, and we go to Graham in Bishop Stortford. And Graham, what are we talking about? Well, it's good news, Ken. Good news. Bishop Stortford's got good the, news. I'm talking about the Chilean potato bush. Yeah, the Solanums, yeah. The... Yes, I've got the one I've got is Solanum crispum glasnevin. Gorgeous, uh, isn't it? It is absolutely gorgeous. I, I, I did speak to you about oh, 18 months ago about this, again, giving you the good news. The, I've got two of these plants against, a, against a, a fence to give us basically instant cover. Yeah. Uh, this was when, after our roses died of old age. Uh-huh. And the one that I planted in 2016, four years ago, is now about seven feet tall, and it spreads across two six-foot um, wow. fences. And, and, the, and the blooms this year are absolutely gorgeous. Um, I've got another one which I bought uh, just two years ago, which is only in its really its second year of, of, of actually, yes, this is its second year of flowering, and that has gone across, it's about five foot across two, uh, two fences, again with, this lovely, with, with these lovely blooms. But, but you've got to be the master of it. <laughs> it does grow like mad, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you've got to be the... You know, for anybody listening, you've got to master it. And, and one, when you plant it, you've got to plant it by... If you've got a concrete post in the fences, plant, plant it by the concrete post and then let it spread over, over, over the adjacent um, fence, fence panels. But, but I can't recommend it more highly. It you know, really is gorgeous. Well, I, th I think, you know, that's what this programme should be more about. You know, I'm not saying that we don't like to deal with your problems, but it is nice to have somebody saying, there's a really good plant, I've grown it, this is what I do with it, and it covers this much fence and does a good you see, job. You see, our reason, our reason for, um, for, for, for putting it in is that I'm the younger of the two, my wife and I, and I'm 78, and, you know, we, we, we haven't got enough time left to, 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 to get our roses going all the way along the fence again. But, but, if, but if, if you, you know, I, I cannot recommend it enough. OK. It's done, it's done exactly what we wanted. Graham, you're a star. Let's hear some good news as well as some bad news here on BBC Essex with your garden. And uh, where are we going now? We're going to Watford to Murad. Is that right, Murad? Yeah, a good plantation. Hello there. What can we do for you, sir? How are you, man? How are you? Um, so I really wanted to grow some tomatoes in my house, but every time I grow them, like they fail or turn black or they don't grow. So what are your tips on to grow the best tomatoes? Where are you growing your tomatoes? You said in the house? Yeah, yeah, beside the kitchen, beside the window. Right, the problem with growing tomatoes in the house is that they're, they're on the right, wrong sort of environment, really. They're not getting the right atmosphere. They need really good light. How are these young tomatoes that you're growing, then, that they're going black, you say, or is it the tomato that's going black? The tomatoes are going black. Every right. time I grow them. Right. Um, you've got to 
A, you're going to struggle indoors to get them to pollinate. You can do that with a brush. You can brush from one to the other. But what you're getting, is it black underneath? Yeah, yeah. Black yeah, that's, that's blossom end rot. Now, blossom end rot is produced through, um, it can be watering problems where it's not getting regular watering, it's drying out, or it's a problem with the pollination. So that's what you're trying to do. So most important is watch the watering. See that you don't let them dry out at all because that will then produce this problem. Is that right? You can't say how often. You need to know that the, it is moist. Just put your finger in, in the compost. But I would suggest, you know, you, there's nowhere outside you can put them at all. Can I put them on the windowsill? You reckon that would be good? You could put them on the windowsill outside as long as you can hold them there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. And if you if you bought if you bought tumbler varieties, there's a lot of tumbler varieties. You could actually grow those um, to tumble down. You can put them in hanging baskets and containers outside as well. Oh yeah, that would be good. Anyway, thanks so much, man. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips I have for you this week. And it's just, I'm saying on fruit trees, if you pruned your fruit trees heavily in the winter, you'll find they've got lots and lots of shoots. And they're called water shoots, and they come out the stems, the branches everywhere. I think it's an ideal time to go round and just nip those off and stop them coming out the stems too low down. You don't want a bush tree. You want a tree that you can handle and you can pick the fruit. So go round with a sharp pair of secateurs, cut nicely and closely into the tree itself. And the rest you can just brush off with your fingers. It's as simple as that. They are? That's a simple one. Also... Uh, if, if your raspberries are starting to form flowers, watch for those. Give them a blooming good feed and keep them well watered because if not, you won't get a crop. And while we're on soft fruit, watch for those strawberries because if we get lots of wet weather showers and this humid weather, you will actually cause lots of fusarium-type moulds. So they are. Put a bit of straw or something like that underneath them or a strawberry mat and, again, fed and watered strawberry will give you plenty of waters anyway let's get straight back to your gardening questions now the gardening hour podcast on bbc essex with ken crowther and we go straight back to the phones to talk to pauline in rochford hello pauline oh hello um this morning i had someone come down from uh, well, it was someone um, that UK Power Network had got in to okay. rectify the work that they'd done. They'd dug a big hole in my garden trying right. to trace some electric cables. Okay, yep. They'd filled it in with dirt soil and um, soil rock, and stuff. Yep, uh, yep. Well, <clears throat> stones. Yep. Um, because they said the clay soil wouldn't hold up properly if. Um, because they had to dig partly under my neighbour's um, driveway. Okay. Um, and then on top, this morning, I mean, they've had a few different people come down. This morning, they put some soil. It was about half past seven they turned up. They put some soil on the garden. And, Lovely. Um, what they've done, 
where they had to dig out part of the lawn, instead of saving the piece of turf and putting it back afterwards, they've filled up that hole with soil and then yep. put seed on top. Okay. And I've never dealt with seed before, so right. okay. I'm not sure how much to water it. They didn't even water it before okay. they went, no. and I didn't No, no, right, going. okay, grass seed. Grass seed is, is quite easy to look after. Okay. With the weather, we've had showers, yeah? We've had yes. odd showers across some of Essex. Mm. Grass seed is better not watered, preferably. Oh. Uh, you get morning dew, and you also have the odd shower, except mm. if you get into a dry period. Now... We've had a bit of a shower. If we have some more showers through the next couple of days, it will germinate quite happily on its own. However, oh. if you get a long period, say the next week or so, is dry, 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 you will then have to water it. Now, once you start watering it or it starts emerging and it goes dry, you will have to keep watering it. Oh, right. And all you do is water it every day, lightly over the top, and it will grow. It's not difficult, grass seed, but don't... Get out there and make yourself a slave to the water. Try and make the weather work for you. Pauline, I don't think you'll have any trouble, but um, if not, go back to them and say it hasn't grown. You know, if it's your row, if it's your garden they've dug up, they've got to put it back. Pauline, best of luck with that one. Colin in Harwich. Hello, Colin. Ah, good morning, Ken. Very good morning to you. Trust you're keeping well. Yep. <laughs> what we got? Um, I've been sent four two-kilo bags of fertilisers from a very good friend of mine up north yep. who's, who shows vegetables. Yep. And he sent me these bags. Unfortunately, he's gone on holiday. Okay. And they've got the MPKs on them, but yep. I don't know which ones they're for because he just okay. says they're for your spuds, your toms, your cabbage and, and your leeks. Right. What you got? Right. In, in order, I've got 10.5, Yeah. I've got 5, 19, 10. Yep. I've got 6, 12, 36. That's a bloody funny I've, one. Yeah, and it's got mag and TE with it as well. Yep. And 13, 40, 13. Plus Yeah, weird Okay, one. well, your 10.5 <laughs> is going to be for your green ones. Yep. Because that, that's high that's nitrogen. Green. That's high nitrogen. Um, right. The other, the 36, I have never seen in my life, 6, 12, 36, that is very high. That would be for things like tomatoes and trying to get fruits, really, yeah? So that would be the Tom one, yeah. Yeah, and the others you could use pretty well any, anywhere on the garden, yeah? Yeah, yeah spuds so, and onions are the other two, isn't it, on yeah. the list? Yep, so you could grow onions, onions, onions. You might 13, 40, 13, I would use on your onions. All right? Right. That's okay. Absolutely super. Thank I you very much. I understand it, but <laughs> Go for it, Colin, and we will now go to Irene in yeah. Benfield. Hello, Irene. Oh, hello, Ken. Um, yeah, I wonder if it can help. I, I want to get an olive tree, and I want to keep it on a patio so it would be in a pot. But I don't know anything about them. I don't know whether they're winter hardy, um, right. feeding, pruning. Right. Olive trees are, they, they were, unless you get minus 10s, 8s, that sort of thing, they're pretty hardy. The oh, biggest right. problem is that you want them in a decent-sized pot so that the pot doesn't get damaged by frost in winter. So, But don't 
overpot them. Um, keep the pot potted, pot them up every couple of years, just increase the pot size, yeah? Right, so when I get one, I just go up a size from the pot that it's already in? Depending on how much root there is in it. If the roots aren't coming out of the bottom, you could leave it in that pot. But if it comes in a small pot, put it into a nice container and make it look nice. Use a John Innes compost, number three. Okay. Yeah, it will yeah. do better in that. Uh, basically, you prune them in November. And most okay. people in this country prune to shape rather than worrying about producing the fruit, although it obviously will produce olives. But to yeah, produce olives... I'm not worried it, about the fruit. I just want no. a nice shape. Prune it in November. Prune it in okay, November okay. as you would a fruit tree. And then give it any good feed. You won't go wrong with it. I liquid feed olive trees because it seems to work quite well. Yeah? Oh, what kind of liquid feed? That, that tomorite or phostrogen? Yeah, any of those will do. Yep. Okay, any of those. Um, what was the other thing I had? What about watering? Do they need a lot Water of watering? Or? No, let them dry out before you water. If you've dried it out too much, you'll know because the leaves will start to drop. However, if you overwater, they'll turn yellow. Oh, right. OK. So let it dry out before I water. Yeah. OK. Oh, that sounds OK. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank you very much indeed. That's Irene. And from Irene, we go to Christine in Burnham. What are you doing in Burnham, Christine? Hello there, Ken. Well, I've just been outside, and I've, I've recently put a fuchsia outside in a pot that was in my conservatory. Yep. And about a quarter of an hour ago, I was out there, and I was looking at it, and I saw these little, like, like little clusters, like little buds on there. And when I blew on it, all these little tiny greenish-yellow spiders started running all over this web. Oh. And I just wondered what they were. Greenish-yellow like sp yellow spiders, and they're spiders. They're all definitely spiders, yes. And how and they're tiny? All, they're running all around this web. And now, when I went back and looked out, so I looked looked at them. They were um, they were have gone back in a cluster again. And ah. I didn't know if you knew what they were. If I'm honest, no, I don't. I haven't come across those. I thought you were going to say oh, I thought they were red spiders, but in fact they're not red spider mite because you, they're microscopic and you can hardly see them. Um, no, I don't know what they are. Um, you don't think they're false widows, do you? Uh, I honestly don't know. I'd, I'd rather say I don't know than no. I know. Take a picture of them and see if you can send me a picture at some stage and I can look at them. How about that? Okay, okay. well, I'd have to get someone else to do that because I yep. haven't got a, um, you know, an yep. internet um, uh, smartphone, but if somebody can do it for me and I'll get them to uh, yeah, send be it. Be careful. Be careful how you handle them, obviously, and take a picture and send it to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. It's as easy as that. Let's go to Gary in Bocking. Hello, Gary. Good morning. Plum um, tree. Plum tree, that's right. I've got an early river blue. <laughs> yep. Well established. I've been, I put it in about 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. It's shown this year. All the tips, wait, all the tips, all around the tree, the tips about, all the new tips, about four inches long, they've all just died off. The leaves and all, it's just died off. Mind you, the, the tree's still full of plums, but I've never had this before, and I, I wonder what the cause of it was. Now, now, now hang on, um, have we, uh, is it the whole branch is dying, or just... No, the tips, on uh, tips, all the tips around the tree, different places, all the way around... Yeah, they've just—I don't know—it just died off. You have tips about anything from four to six inches long. Yeah, but no. What I'm trying—what I'm trying to get at is—you said it's all round, but is it going? Are they all dying all the way back down that branch or not? No, no, no. no. Right. I wouldn't worry unduly if it's only the tips. That will be weather.
problems, nothing else. Oh, I've, I've never had it before. No. If it's dying all the way come down the stem, come back to me and let me know and we'll talk again because that is very important to deal with. I'll check, it's, just, it's just the tips. It doesn't go any further. So, and there's plums further down the branch. It's, it's no, no, it hasn't touched them at all. No, it doesn't sound a major problem at all, Gary. Um, but come back to me if it gets worse because we're keen to sort out your gardening problems here on BBC Essex. David from Brentwood, let's uh, hear what you've got to say. Hello, David. Uh, morning, 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 Ken. What we got? Um, I've, got a, I've got a wisteria. Yep. Um, fabulous blooms, fabulous foliage, both coming together. That does. It has happened this year. Yeah. Oh, right. It, 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 it's happened last year as well. Yep. But this one is this one is uh, a standard. Right. Okay. It's, it's a standard. I wondered if it was because possibly the, the, the guy who grew it for me uh, had grafted onto. Uh, no, right, wisterias are grafted. That's the only way that you can get them to flower quickly. So most good wisterias are grafted. You haven't got a problem. Um, Most wisterias at the moment are in leaf and in flower at the same time. Um, What you can do, if you want to display a bit more of the flower, you can just remove some of the leaf. You won't hurt it. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. All right. That's David from Brentwood. Last but not least, Maureen from Leon C. What have you got, Maureen? Oh, good morning. Um, I've spoken to you before about my bottle brush tree. It had all the brown on it from the cold yeah. wind. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I've scraped the bark, like you said, and it is green underneath. Okay. I'm just wondering, should I cut the brown tops off? I would cut back. Now, you, now you've got it green underneath. Cut those tips back and you should be okay. Uh, right. That's what I would do. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks very much. And give it a good feed. And uh, Rob uh, sent us a text and he wanted to know what the tonic I mentioned. Is any seaweed tonic, I happen to mention maxi crop, but Fossigen make one. Lots are made, so there's not a real problem there. Um, George from Amelia, how do you get rid of ground elder? Well, we always used to suggest you move because that's one of the best ways of getting rid of ground elder. The only thing you can do is... uh, Keep using, I hate to say, a weed killer like Roundup, and that is what you need to do. Uh, the name of the plant, Gloria, Gloria listen, she can listen on the podcast, but I'll remind you, Gloria, it was a solanum, and the solanum is a really good grower, and that will cover it. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex, from 11. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.